This is Malia Brown, and I am so grateful to bring you Many Ways to Peace. Thank you for amplifying peace just by listening. Thank you for joining us again today. Our guest today is Scott Waters. He is the CEO and founder of Life Changers, an organization in Australia with the vision to awaken the hero that lives within all Australian youth. And their mission is to create a generational shift in society, providing every Australian with the opportunity to develop a positive personal identity, empowering them to live their best life. Welcome, Scott. I'm so grateful that you're here today. Lovely to talk to you. That's so great to hear. Well, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit more about how you got involved with Life Changers and what this means to you. Yeah, it's always hard to distill, um, I guess, 30 or 40 years into a couple of sentences. But look, everything that I've sort of done in my journey has always been around people and ultimately creating the best environment for people to, to be their best self, whatever that might look like. So I'm a qualified teacher. Uh, I spent four years working in Bankshire Hill Juvenile Detention Centre, um, which was a maximum security prison for kids, um, 13 to 19-year-old boys mainly, uh, and 70% Indigenous boys. So uh, I learned more from them probably than they learned from me, but it was um, it really restored my, or confirmed my belief that um, people are inherently good. Um, there were some kids in there who were facing some really tough challenges, but environment was such a key contributor to the position that they were in. And yes, we all have choices, absolutely. But a lot of those kids were great kids. Um, from there, I got involved. Uh, I was a professional athlete for 10 years, um, probably the equivalent of the NFL, you know, our AFL. <clears throat> so um, I enjoyed that career, which is a really different sort of ride in many ways. And then post-career, I got into coaching and actually coached uh, at the elite level as well. So again, using the equivalent of the NFL, that's our, that's our national game. Um, but again, the, the, the common thread running through all of that is it's, it's always been about the connection with people. Uh, and it's been about making sure that they really understand who they are and creating that great environment around people so they get to achieve their best and really live the best life, the best life possible. And so it's a really interesting process when you talk about being connected to them. And if you only have one cause and then they all have, it's kind of like looking at a kaleidoscope, you know, their best self is really something that you draw out from within them. Is that right? Yeah. One of the the common terms that we use when we're now working with kids is that you have everything that you need. The hero is actually inside of you. We have these great moments when we run our workshops with 11 to 17 year old kids where we actually use hero in the same sentence as their name. It puts their life back in, you know, they're in charge. They're in the driver's seat. So we just have these amazing light bulb moments where kids actually start to understand their own capacity because uh, there's so much that surrounds our youth now coming through that, you know, he's telling them that they're not good enough or maybe they don't measure up. Um, but ultimately we put the power back in the hands of the, the kids. Yeah. And do you find that, you know, you mentioned working in the boys' detention center, do you find that it's different in the way that young men see themselves versus the way that young women see themselves? Because you work with all youth. Um, look, there are certainly common threads. There are, there, there are sometimes different ways to communicate, but I'm, I'm loath to ever say that it's just gender-based because um, 
you know, there's such a, you use the word kaleidoscope, there's such a kaleidoscope of personalities and individuals and to simplify it that here's a way to communicate to young boys and here's a way to communicate to young girls. I just think we've got, I just treat them all individually. Um, and you've got to find your way to connect, um, whatever that might be. You know, I had um, an amazing Indigenous boy in the juvenile detention centre who <clears throat> I can remember when I, when I started work there, this kid hadn't spoken to anyone for three months and he'd been in there for three months. And he came into my gymnasium, knocked on the door during a lunchtime period and um, didn't say hello. I said, I just opened the door and he just basically walked through uh, and started playing basketball. So over weeks and weeks, you know, I would slowly start playing basketball with him and build rapport, but he had no interest in engaging with me uh, initially, certainly not from a verbal point of view. But, you know, I would start to mirror some of his behaviour. You know, he'd take a shot from the three-point line. I'll just walk up after him and take another shot. And over time, we actually started to communicate. And I'm talking over, over weeks. Um, and I then found out through that whole process that at 17 years of age, he couldn't read. Um, struggled to communicate and come from a really cha challenging family environment. Um, and we just found connection through, through sport. We found connection through one of his passions was following one of the AFL football teams. So I started to bring in some, uh, we have like a, an AFL record that goes to every game on the weekend. It's a little uh, information booklet. So I'd start to bring those in and we'd start to share that sort of, uh, you know, that reading together. Um, but again, it's just about finding that one thing, that one little gateway to connection. Another great way to do that, which a lot of our ambassadors do, is, is just being real uh, and sharing your own strengths, weaknesses, your vulnerabilities. Um, you know, we have Olympic gold medalists stand in front of classrooms of kids, but they don't talk necessarily about, you know, I'm a three-time gold medalist. They'll actually talk about challenges that they faced or they were you know, bullying through their high school years or eating disorder that they might have had or whatever it might be, they share that. Uh, and that just opens an amazing gateway to communication. Uh, and it means that the kids can actually look at an adult and go, well, you know what? They're not perfect and, and I don't have to be perfect either. Um, and then we can connect because it's real. Yeah. And isn't that amazing that, you know, you don't have to share a similar background really with any human to know that we're, we're similar. Right? Yeah. We, hardship. Uh, yeah. we share the planet, you know, yeah. that, that's enough. That's <laughs> enough. We're, um, we might think we're different, but we're not. We all carry the same fears and insecurities and dreams and hopes. There's, um, when you boil it right back down to it, we're not that, we're not that different. Isn't that amazing? You know, so when I was young, I had the dream of being able to go to the Olympics. And so I was able as a young woman to be the only translator at the bobsled venue in Japan because my second language is Japanese. And then a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to be a coach in Sochi, Russia for a Paralympic ski racer. And so, yeah, it's really uh, when, you, when you were in the elite athlete world, right? There is a conversation, especially um, for the physicality of the body, that it's a really amazing place. People have harnessed their body and their physical ability to achieve beyond what most people maybe are capable of or even are interested in doing. And it really creates and develops a mindset, doesn't it? Which I think your ambassadors represent. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, that's fascinating. The amazing thing I find with athletes and particularly coaches of athletes 
is we, we all know that the best way to your best performance is it's holistic development. So it's not just about your skill set either, um, whether you're a great snow skier or whatever it might be. Um, the pathway to the best version of you as an athlete it is actually making sure that every part of your life, you know, is being attended to or being looked at. Yeah. You know, your health, your skills, your family, your tribe, all of that. And when you get that in place, there's just this amazing thing that happens where people pretty much start to perform at their best. I think one of the real challenges in, a, in elite level sport is we become so focused on, on the result um, and we forget what actually brings people to that best result. And that's athletes and that's actually no different to, to kids that are coming through. Um, if you, you know, we have a, a very simple five pillar philosophy that sits around our life changer programs. And it's you know, health, skills, tribe, self and purpose. Um, and if we're tipping something into those buckets every day, uh, we feel like we're, you know, we're in the process. You know, we're working towards the best version of ourselves. And that's, no, that's exactly the same for athletes. Well, you know, that is a great representation, right, of how life actually gets lived one day at a time. If we're not tipping into the five buckets every day, you know, the uh, opportunity for imbalance becomes more present over time. Yeah. I, I, you know what? That's such a great point. Um, you talk about how you can increase peace in your life. Um, and... Uh, I, I, it's just Bruce Lee had, I, I read a lot of Bruce Lee's work re recently and um, I was always fascinated by him when I was a young kid, but now reading his sort of philosophical works, I find even more fascinating. But, um, you know, I've really coined his phrase, you know, in, in my own process. Um, and I think it just talks to how you never actually get there. Um, you know, life's not meant to be a, it's not a destination. And, um, you know, we, again, we use those very simple five pillars just as reminders of what the pathway to the best version of you actually looks like. But you're always oscillating in and out of, you know, somewhere near your best performance, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm turning 50 in January, so I'm, I'm reaching that, um, you know, that, that significant halfway mark, hopefully. Um, but I still feel like I have as much to learn uh, as I have learnt. <laughs> And what a grace that is, right? I mean, the land of building your best self, there's always an opportunity for more growth and advancement and, you know, to give yourself more life. You know, we often yeah, overlook yeah. that and we can provide it to ourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, you always sort of reflect back, I think. Um, you know, I thought I knew so much at 20 and 30 uh, and even 40. And I'll probably say the same thing now when I, when I turn 60 where I look back. But... Uh, Look, it just shows you that it's a, it's a constant evolution and it's such a, you know, that, that is what life is about. You know, it is that, for me, it's just about that insatiable quest um, to keep filling those buckets. You know, that, that's a full life to me. Um, regardless of whether you get there or not, it's a pursuit of that um, and not a competitive pursuit of it, just a, um, a natural pursuit of it. That, uh, that's what inspires me. Yeah, it sounds like remaining curious, right? Their dominant nature as a person, just to remain curious. Yeah, get uncomfortable. Keep reading. Um, <laughs> meet, meet people uh, outside of the, the zones that you're really comfortable with. I had a really pivotal choice um, after 
literally being involved in AFL football from the age of six or seven as a, a very young player. And then uh, at 45, after having gone through playing career, coaching career, and uh, I really had this sort of fork in the road decision to make. Of, do you stay close to something that's been such a big part of your life? And it always will be. Yeah. Or do you pursue something here that you're, you know, is very closely aligned to, um, I guess, my purpose and my values. And um, I, I went down that path and it's just opened up so much of me personally. But I really feel like I'm, yeah, I'm walking the path that I need to be walking. Yeah. Well, so, you know, on that note, is there something more peaceful in your life that this has presented for you in taking on this opportunity of life changers? And Yeah. Um, I think I'll, I'll come back to, I still, I still always feel like I'm a work in progress. I feel like I, um, at times I feel, you know, the wisdom and the knowledge and experience that I've accrued over so many different experiences. Um, I'm able to pass on to a lot of my own staff and a lot of the kids that I'm talking to. So that's a really blessed position to be in. But every single conversation that I have, there's not a workshop that goes by where I don't learn something from an 11-year-old or a 12-year-old. I had a 12-year-old in a, in a workshop a week ago. Um, we had this little thing called golden moments within our workshops. And at any stage, if someone just says something or has a realisation, they're just on this really big post-it note, they write it down and just go and stick it wherever they want to stick it. And we had an 11 or 12-year-old just said um, their realisation was that everyone, everyone has a mask and they wrote it down. And it was just such a profound comment from an 11 or 12-year-old that all you know, the three or four adults in the room just sort of sat back and went, yeah, there we go. We, we learn again. <laughs> so for me, creating peace, it's, it's a lot of things. But... Um, yeah, just, just listening more, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's a really key piece for me. Um, I've come from a lot of jobs. When you're a head coach at elite level, you, you have to do it. You do a lot of talking. You do a lot of communication. Um, the older that I get, the less I feel I need to say and the more I feel I need to listen. Isn't that an interesting transition, right? I mean, not just for yourself and the value in what others have to say, but for the value of those around you to honor what they're saying. Yeah. I, I think part of that is moving past your own ego as well. You know, the, the environments that I've worked in, you know, elite level sport. Um, and obviously again, using NFL as the comparison, that's a, that's a competitive beast. Um, and you are selfish at times and you are driven and it is a very egocentric, um, performance-driven industry. The really pleasing thing is as you move out of that and you move into the, I guess, the space now where it is about creating positive environments, having people believe about their, their own potential and actually providing them with some tools and experiences and, I guess, shared knowledge and, and communication around what that can actually look like. All you're doing is holding the space just opening up the space and holding the space. And it's, um, it's a real joy to be a part of that. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people, when they hear holding this space, they might say to themselves, oh, you know, this is, now we just went into the land of airy-fairy conversation, right? But the, the truth of the matter is that the space is like being present with another. Yeah. Right? Yep. So they can see inside themselves their own opportunity. And like you're a mirror to them. 
Yes. You, you can, um, the way you listen is so important. Yeah. There's so many different versions of that and, and not, not listening to react sometimes, just listening just to be there. And, and people can actually feel when you listen with real intent and real connection, it's almost like you're looking inside that person um, and they can feel that. And that's a gift, I think, that those that communicate really well, people always think communication, the first thing that they think about is you've got to talk. Um, the first thing you should be thinking about is creating a space where the other person is really engaged with you. Um, so listen more. Um, <laughs> that's, um, and again, that's something that I've learned. <laughs> yeah. What a beautiful opportunity. I mean, really, to provide that for any individual, let alone providing it for youth who have so many thoughts running through their head. We all do, right? The monkey mind is constantly chattering. But, you know, the youth haven't really kind of figured out which thought maybe to glom onto. So they might grab onto all of them or. Yeah. Yeah. So self-talk is such a, um, a powerful influencer and you know, a massive, has a massive impact on um, particularly our, our youth. You know, there is so much, again, that's surrounding them that is, um, is causing anxiety and anxiousness um, and self-doubt. Um, it, it's important that kids actually get some guidance and have some support and, and learn, you know, what you can listen to. Your thoughts become who you are, you know, so it's such a powerful piece. We take away corporate groups who actually raise awareness for our foundation. Um, and we go to some really remote five-day trekking locations within Australia, um, incredibly isolated. And we don't need to facilitate any conversations. You know, we, we have a, every morning we just touch on one of our five pillars, whether it's health or skills or tribe or, or whatever. Um, and it's like a three-minute little conversation at the start of the day just to reflect on that over the journey of the day um, and then you just leave the space uh, and this is what I mean by holding that space if you do that organically when people are given time to actually clear themselves of the monkey mind um, they just they just get that time to be present with themselves first and then they can actually share how they feel um, I think one of my biggest um, realizations I think in the last couple of years is how important that that space is for not just for the people that I'm working with, kids and the corporates, but it's such been such an important space for me. Um, coming home from some of those treks after five days, you feel decluttered, um, more prioritised. You know what's important and what's not. There's there's a thousand things in everyone's email box or on their Instagram that's, that all seem important. It's when you have a little bit of time, you can actually work through what, what are the really important things. But we just need to take a little bit more time to slow down and assess what that is. So you, and you mentioned something that was really interesting earlier. You talked about what you're doing now being in alignment with the core of who you are. Did it take you some time and space to get to that core? Or have you always known who that is? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, I've always been attracted to... Um, even, even as a player, when I was playing, uh, you know, in sort of the peak of my athletic career, um, I, I, I sort of always, I did gravitate to leadership roles or got chosen for some leadership roles. Um, and not necessarily because I was a great leader, but just because I think I enjoyed the actual connection of feeling how other players were going. 
and being there to have conversations with them. So <laughs> I found myself always to be a little bit of a, uh, uh, a contradiction. I'm a, what did, I, read a, I read something the other day. I'm an extroverted introvert. <laughs> um, I love the connection of people, but I also enjoy my own space as well. But um, I think I've, I was doing some things naturally from 20 to 30 to 40 that maybe just now I've got some better labels for and a better understanding of at 50. Um, but I do feel like, you know, I made some deliberate choices uh, two years ago as you approach that sort of midway mark of your life. You know, for me, I had a, my nine-year-old son said, um, I said, oh, you know, I'm about to turn 50. And he looked at me and he said, uh, <clears throat> he said, yeah, you're going okay. You're going, and I said, oh, that's good. So there's still room for improvement. Um, but it caused me just to reflect on you do get a choice on where you spend every second, um, every single second of your life. I used to say to my players, every second counts. Uh, and every second does count in life. So, you know, I've made deliberate choices about where I want to spend my seconds and I want to spend that connecting people and connecting communities because um, that feels really worthwhile to me. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, I think it's so important to talk about how, you know, connection actually is what brings us greater inner peace for ourselves. And then it also brings something to the world. And you, how many people are you impacting with Life Changers? Uh, we're into eight communities now in Australia. We're 16 months old. So Australia's a big place. Um, so we're now in three states uh, over here. Um, we've got banks of mentors now building up within community. So we're in the hundreds now with our mentors. Yeah. By the end of the year, we'll have, we'll have a thousand mentors working within communities, actually helping facilitate our workshops uh, and also joining our digital platform as well. So we're, we've got two audiences. We're, um, we're really privileged to be working with, you know, 11 to 17-year-old kids, but we're also working with the mentors from within those communities that, they already exist, they're already there. Um, they just need a little bit of support and a framework to be communicating and supporting kids in the right way. I've been inspired by the mentors that are coming out of a lot of regional communities. We turned up to a small town uh, in regional Victoria, so it's very much a country region, a population of approximately 5,000 people. Uh, we had 150 people turn up to the information night. We had 44 register as mentors who are now going through a mentor process. That just blows my mind. Um, people want to help. People want to do good. And people want to connect. They want to rebuild the village. You know, that's, I think that's one of the really big challenges to peace is the isolation that we're, you know, that we're starting to feel. Um, and technology can play a part in connecting, but it can, certainly is playing a part in isolation as well. Mm -hmm. you know, ironically, we feel more connected than ever through the devices, but we're more isolated than we've ever been, particularly our kids. So making sure we've got that, you know, that village of eclectic experiences and individuals that surrounds all of our youth is a, is a really important driver for me. And uh, do, you, do you think that... Um the youth are understanding the dichotomy of that, that they are feeling so isolated, yet they are connected at the drop of a, of a hat. I mean, their fingertips, right? They can go anywhere in the world. Here we are talking around the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, look, I, th I think it's a real challenge. Uh, I think it's a real challenge. Um, but it's a space that as, 
as you know, parents and coaches and and community leaders, it's a space. You know, we we owe it to start the conversations uh, around that. Um, kids are kids. You know, they'll sometimes gravitate. They're not always going to make great great decisions. Adults <laughs> don't always make great decisions either. But um, I think we've got to re-engage. You know, we've got to find ways to connect. Um, when we, when we go into our very first workshops, and again, 11, 12, 13 year old kids, as soon as we share uh, as adults, they want to share and they want to connect. That's innate, that's human. Um, we, we are innately wired to want to be closer together. Um, I don't think that will ever change. We just got to make sure that environment remains there. Right, and that environment of connection is a positive and supportive environment, as you pointed out that we ask the right questions or we, you know, offer the opportunity for the right choices. Yeah. And a massive part of that for me is measuring, you know, having different conversations around how we measure what success actually looks like. Um, you know, you use your, your atypical 13 year old boy and in Australia, they're under the pressure of their high school ATAR results. They're under the pressure of the social media that surrounds them uh, and the false economy of that that, that surrounds them. Uh, they may be on an elite sporting pathway with, you know, parents that might like to see them become elite sportsmen. The reality is, you know, one in a thousand actually gets through that journey and even the ones that get through that journey at some point, they're off that conveyor belt anyway. There's so many examples of elite, elite athletes in Australia Athletes that you would know, um, Ian Thorpe, um, you know, incredible, incredible athletes and incredible human beings that once their journey with sport has finished, the question that they have immediately is, who am I? Yeah. Um, you know, they've been looked at through a filter of high performance for so long and they've actually looked out from that lens as well. Mm-hmm. So it's why we need a lot, a lot more conversations at earlier age with kids about what is really important. And it's the people that surround you, it's understanding who you are and embracing that authenticity. You know, no matter how weird and crazy that might, may look, that's the biggest power that you've got. Um, and it's your health. And through all of that, you can actually move towards your purpose and your passion and your pathway. They're the conversations to me that are, are really critical. And I think we need to have more of them um, you know, in, in the whole of our society. Well, and, and what an amazing opportunity is, right, to actually create that from the ground up. So you can design the way that looks. You've really done a great job putting that together. Obviously, your success is showing it. But it's, and then their side, it's demonstrating the need. Yeah, yeah, we had, um, you know, we still, we've got a long way to go on our journey, but we're really excited by, um, you feel the need and you feel that people want something that actually is bringing them back together and gives them a common template to start talking again. Um, I've stood in front of a group of mentors, just dads, mums, um, at a surf life-saving club. And I was explaining the five pillars just to this audience and how they can, they can integrate some of these conversations into their discussions around the skills that they're actually teaching from a sporting point of view. And one of the dads put his hand up and said, that's what I want to teach, that's what I want to coach. And I said, fantastic. And he said, I've only, I only see these kids for one hour a week. And I said, six seconds. Six seconds is all you need. Just start with how you're feeling. 
uh, and then sit down and stand on the beach and just talk to them about all those things that are outside of them being great swimmers and you know excellent on the stand up paddleboard. Um, talk to them about those key you know those key pillars, those life changer framework pillars. And I said that will open up a connection that goes it transcends the sport. You're much more than a sporting coach when you do that. And that's where I think the real power of a mentor exists. And I think you bring to the table, you know, the conversation and mindset that is within all of us, whether we're elite athletes or not. We we all have minds and we have to um, embrace a mindset conversation from the beginning as a person. Right. Yeah. 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 And again, I, can't, I, I learned so much from the kids now that we're dealing with. And when they actually start to articulate the thoughts that they are having, um, whether they're challenging thoughts or aspirational thoughts, even just airing those conversations amongst their peers um, and with, you know, the life changer facilitators, that is just such a rich environment. Um, and that's the challenge with, um, I think, with where we're going as a society. It's making sure we have those opportunities to be having those conversations. Um, you know, when you're in the car driving away from junior sports or if you're dropping your kids off at school or whatever it might be, um, that's your time. That's your time to connect on things that really matter. Um, and the things that really matter aren't always what they seem to be. They're those deeper conversations around how you're going, how you're feeling. Um, gee, you're, you know, this is what I love about you. You know, um, I love your loyalty with your friends and I love how you do this. They're the things that a kid can actually hold on to when challenges start to come their way. Um, and that is, that's how you build a positive self-identity through those conversations. Yeah, that's really beautiful. One of the things that you mentioned was helping uh, young folks to become more self-realized. What does that mean to you, a self-realized person? I think it's um, I think it's being rather than appearing. Um, you know, you it's it's a hard path sometimes to walk towards your authentic self when so much that surrounds you, particularly as a as a young person, um, steers you towards the stereotypical uh, models of success. Um, so it is it is taking time to explore. You know, what am I great at? Where are my blind spots? Uh, where do I fit in and and embracing that whatever that looks like that's the only thing you can ever be is you <laughs> so when you get to that point and if, and if kids are actually told early that you know what that's that's enough that is always going to be more than enough then we can empower them to step into their space whatever that looks like not not the space that we think or the marketers think that they should be stepping into and if they, can't, they go into that space, then they're not going to live that duplicitous life where they never feel like they really know who they are. Um, so this really is about embracing who you are and, and being proud of that. Um, that's going to be your biggest gift. Yeah, what a, what a great way to say that. You know, it comes from the reference point of internally knowing yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And um, look, I, I put my hand up, you know, I'm... Uh, I think you're always learning about that because you change, you know, your perception and the way you view the world changes. Um, so again, it's not like you ever get to an end point. 
Um, but you've got to keep having that conversation with yourself and continually learning about yourself. It is that learner's mindset that you need to actually find your best, your best life, you know, or your fullest life. Um, I, would, I just think that through the education system and the community in general, these are the important conversations that we should be having um, rather than uh, there is so much distraction to these conversations. So the more we can create environments through our mentors, you know, that um, we were talking about some of these things that kids innately get. I think we can, we can position ourselves to, I, I guess, start to move away from a lot of the alarming trends that are, you know, are impacting on our kids on a whole lot of levels. So it's, um, I see this as being a really great a global opportunity as a, as a circuit breaker to a lot of the, you know, the challenges around youth suicide and obesity and um, anxiety and kids leaving school early. Um, the greatest anchor I think that anyone can ever have, no matter what age they are, is um, a strong central core of knowing no matter what comes my way, I know who I am. Um, and I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I might, I might fall. I might be crippled, upset, devastated, bitter, whatever it might be. But I know who I am and I'm going to be okay. When you've got that, you've got something special. Yeah, right. And the something special is, is you. There's, it's like you said, that's enough. It's yeah. more than enough, right? Yeah, what a beautiful, that's just great. That's really great. I'm, th I'm thinking too about... Um, how you presence that maybe for yourself every day? Is there a question that you say to yourself so that when you're in the state of becoming and self-realization, it, it circles around in your mind once a day and you, oh, there's that thought again. And if I just think that thought, you know, it, it tends to generate more thoughts in alignment with being a self-realized you. Yeah, it's really, that's again, that's another great question. I am, um, I certainly put my hand up and say that, you know, my, my days aren't perfect. Um, there's times when I'm naturally quite a, uh, an impatient, I think driven, might be <laughs> driven person in some ways. Um, I think what I'm trying to learn to be is kinder to myself. Um, you know, I have high expectations on um, so many big things that we want to achieve. Uh, but you've got to take time and you've got to give yourself space and at times you need to slow down. Um, so for me, it's, it's when I feel myself, things really galloping in a million different directions with the challenges that are coming my way. Um, it's actually, it's just taking it. And I, I hear myself actually say, if you talk about the question, it's just be kind to yourself, All right? You're doing okay. Um, and just, just keep moving forward, you know, because you can't, you can't do everything in a second. Um, so that's, that's my personal challenge. Yeah, I'm going to be a bit, a bit kinder to myself at times. <laughs> well, and that's a, that's a great question to start with, really, whether you're 5, 11, 25, 35, or 55, right? How could I yeah. be kinder to myself today? And, that, and yeah. the opportunity that it opens up, in this moment, right, to stay right here, being present with another person, keeping the space for that person, while you're saying, okay, and me, I'm here too. I think one of the real challenges of, of being in the, I guess, the teaching or the mentoring space is yeah, so, so many times just so outwardly focused. Um, it is actually making sure that you, 
you turn a little bit of that knowledge back onto yourself. Yeah. Um, so that's um, yeah, that's something I'm becoming more and more aware of as I'm as I'm getting older, and it's why I mentioned earlier just um, for a big part of that for me is just is also just listening and being prepared to be be the student at times um, and opening yourself up to that space. That actually fuels me. Um, Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I would have found it harder to actually. Um, your ideas on what a teacher actually looked like were different. Um, now it's very much a shared, it's a shared connection space. Um, and that's, um, yeah, that, that feels a little easier on me as the teacher as well. <laughs> well, and you did mention that, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years ago, there was a more ego-centered place, right? And as a teacher coming from ego, sometimes we get it on our own way. And then there's no opportunity for the student whether it's us or them. <laughs> no, no. I think um, during my playing career, um, you know, you're on a very much a high performance treadmill of peak performance. Um, and there is a part of being an athlete that is, you do need you need a very strong sense of self, bordering on selfishness um, a lot of the time. So transitioning from player to teacher to coach, um, yeah, there's definitely a transition that, that sort of took place over a period of time there. A little bit less about, well, this is, this is how I did it. Um, more about how are you feeling uh, and let's work on what's best for you and what's your environment. So, again, I think the best teacher-student, coach-athlete relationships, they are very much a partnership. Um, gone are the days of the teacher standing in front of a classroom and reading off a script or a coach giving the sermon. Um, it just, we, we, we're a long way past that now. Um, our, our, our students, our kids and our players are so much more educated in that space uh, and the coaches are now too, thankfully. Yeah. Well, and that creates a great point about just the evolution of the brain and where we've come from, you know, in this kind of directive mentality to a very evocative mentality that within us, as you mentioned from the beginning, we have everything we need yeah. within us, right? And that's a beautiful space that you're creating. So in 10 years from now, if the design of Life Changers came out exactly perfectly in your vision, what would, what would the world look like for you? I'd, I'd like to think we have uh, just a lot more conversation and a different dialogue around you know, what success actually looks like. Um, you know, what are the true measurements of success? I've met with many very high net worth uh, individuals in the last year and a half. Um, and I met with one in particular that was um, huge personal wealth and a, and a great guy. And his words to me were, I can build great companies, but I'm not happy. Um, so I would like to see more people at an earlier age get on the right pathway to the best version of themselves as opposed to the pathway that they're told is the best version, whether that's wealth, uh, whether that's uh, acclaim or title. Um, because when you get to that destination, that's actually when you realise that is this all it is? Um, so I would, my, my, what it looks like for me is we're not having as many people have to get to that destination to work out that I was on the wrong path. 
Um, and then we'd have less midlife crises. We'd have less issues, etc. <laughs> all of that. And if we could get kids on that pathway earlier, um, people are going to be happier on the planet, you know? And that's, um, that to me is, that, that's what success would look like. That's great. I really appreciate that. You know, the, it's every time um, I'm having conversations with people that are really altering the world like you for the better, it seems that there's this beautiful dichotomy that we come to of where, you know, happiness and peace, it, they coexist, yeah. right? Growth and peace, they coexist. You know, the continual perpetual learning and self-realization, it exists while being peaceful. We never yes. have to do it to the exclusion of one thing or the other. Yeah, I think I've, I've probably grown more in the last three to four years than in the 20 years prior, even though many of the titles that I've held, um, you know, in that 20 year span, people would look at and go, wow, you know, those, <laughs> you know, head coach of this and blah, blah, blah. Um, the reality is I've learned more about myself in the back end of those experiences. So growth has certainly come for me at a time when, you know, I am more at ease because I'm at, I'm at more at ease because I actually know what is important. And when your focus very naturally is there, um, you feel it. And there's an inner, without getting too, too, too spiritual, there's like a contentment because you feel like you're on the right journey. and you know, the, the every second count theory for me is I'm spending the seconds where I need to spend them um, and it's rewarding, you know. So um, that's a good place to be in and it's a place that I, my aspiration is that a lot more kids get into that space a lot earlier. Yeah, that's a beautiful aspiration to get into the space of ease and contentment a lot earlier. Why not? Yeah. Right? Nothing says that we have to go any other path except that if we're not having that conversation, like you said, if we're not making available the conversation that here's what's available and it's available earlier or sooner or even now. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, I, I'm, I just feel very privileged to be in this conversation with you and to have the experience and to know what you're up to. And we're gonna be supporting you as you continue to grow and as the mentors continue to come from places and literally you change the world, you transform Australia, but the world. Right. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. yeah. We're. Um, I look at our mission often, and and I'm also daunted by it. But the way that I bring it back down just to a reality is, it's only one person at a time. You know. So when we get one realization from one kid, that's enough. Yeah. You know, that's enough. So we're we're walking that path, and we're enjoying it. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Well, I know you're a very busy man, so thank you so much for being here with me today. And we'll just continue to acknowledge and hold for you. And I'm I would love to be able to direct people to your website so they can see more about you. Would you tell them where to find you? Yeah, lifechanger.org.au. Uh, they can connect to us through there's an email connection there as well. So we're uh, we're always happy to talk and uh, tell people about what's going on in, in the land of Oz. <laughs> I can see this being a model for countries across the globe, and I'm sure there's some kind of conversation there for you too, because the model is spectacular. It's refined, it's well-oriented, and it's working. And we do have, uh, we have bigger aspirations, um, but uh, you know, we, we'll earn that right. We'll earn that right. Yeah, very good. All right, Scott, have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you so much for being here. 
Pleasure's been all mine, and you take care. Thank you. If you would like more information, please visit our website at peaceamplified.com. May you have peace in your heart, peace in your community, and peace in your world.